Yeah. That uh, internet looks good there. Yeah, it does look pretty good. As did this episode, at least I think. <laughs> it looked really pretty. Like yeah. in terms of like strict appear strictly appearances, it looked really pretty. So welcome back. Hopefully you have just finished watching The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2, The Minds of Mandalore. Complete with goblins and hopefully no trolls. You always get me with your start. I, I'm probably rambling. You push start. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, not really like the uh, the regular episodes where I've got like a whole intro and everything. Yeah, so. it, it's a it's a hot open. We're not doing the yeah. cold opens here. It's a, we're we're coming in hot. Right. Yep. Uh, speaking of cold opens, I I think this one had the uh, the better of the cold opens. Yeah, it this was okay. episode, it was it was pretty good. I um, kind of noticed. I was like, oh well, we didn't just like get thrust into into plot right away. Yeah, I I definitely like this cold open better. I still didn't like it, but I liked it much more than the previous one because I really disliked the whole uh, alligator turtle thing. Was that right. yeah that actively made the Mandalorians look terrible. So it like was actively like destroying something that they've been building up narratively. So yeah. it was counterproductive. The last cold open, this cold open was at least consistent because it brought in a character who acted in accordance with what you would expect her to act like. Yes. Put her in a situ into, to, it's not my favorite character. Some people like the mechanic lady, um, yeah, Pelly well, is is an okay eat, character. Fun. Yeah. So Pelly, I think is a, is is a fun character. She kind of provides a little bit of that comic relief. You know, she's there in Mos Eisley with her pit droids and R five, uh, the droid that got zapped right at the beginning of A New Hope. Uh, some so say I hope by this the isn't force. Offensive to Mandalorian fans, but I I, I see Pelly as the in-universe representation of the average like mandalorian fan because <laughs> she just obsesses over baby yoda and she's like oh mando you're here too yes <laughs> she's like yeah I, I was noticing this today i'm like i'm seeing this open and i'm like i've always enjoyed her before but for some reason i i felt like she was a, a an, an 80s spin-off character of a tv show we used to like i don't know <laughs> something wasn't quite right with her so. I don't think I've ever quite like really liked her. I think she was fine in the first season. Yeah. Um, but as a recurring character, I, I can't say that I'm a huge fan of her. But like she's at least written consistently, which yeah. is more than I can say for the last cold open where the Mandalorians have not been written consistently at all. So I, right. I think that that's good. So in terms of a writing standpoint, we're already off to a much better start than where we were last time. So <laughs> points to this episode. Yeah. Was this, using start. her, was it uh, kind of like what we talked about before where you're going to set up, she's still trying to fix his droid. Is that correct? I mean, that's kind of the, yeah, the we're going to see. And look, the, we talked about this last time, which is some things that we, we complained about, which was uh, on what Bo-Katan, uh, where she, uh, what's her name? Uh, the, the, the chick there. 
<laughs> the Mandalorian. I, I'm not always great at all these. Uh, where she she said she should have been for long and fat and just just a shovel down her place. <laughs> she's ready for the fight. You got to admit, even though she's upset about everything, she's at least ready. Right. So we we saw yeah. it play in where we're leading into these things, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, Pelly's character right in this cold open, we've got uh, Bunta Eve going on. So we got teased with a little bit of a pod race right at the beginning. Yep. Uh, the Jawas come in and they've ripped off this Rodian's, uh, I guess, uh, repulsor lift or whatever for the speeder. And they were going to sell him back his own parts. And as she said, you know, painted a different color or something. Yeah. <laughs> so she's still running her little scam there on my, on my sizely. Good for her. As you have to. I said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but again, she's a character that fits Moss Eisley. Yeah, yeah, she does. And she fits yeah. really well within that atmosphere and aesthetic. Like, you know, she's not uh, a Mod Squad member. It, it no. works. Yes. Uh, apparently, dentistry. She's a good mechanic, though. I mean, that's. that's, that's no, that's, that's why that's... she has the droids. The droids yeah, do Yeah, the pit droids the do kind of most of the work. Okay. Okay. And so her little she, BD she droid. delegates yeah. the duties. I get it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you now. On International Women's Day, I just wanted to make sure we're, <laughs> we're properly portrayed. Yeah, she's, Wait, the, she, she's the uh, in charge of the HR department over there. <laughs> okay. Then I, I see there was well, like well, the... Well, actually, I should say the RR department, the robot resources department. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Then I see it was like the International National Women's Day. I... <laughs> Did I see that copy wrong? It's, <laughs> it's all very confusing. I... I Toast right. to the ladies. You know what your day is. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I went around the office and I tightened up all of the jars. I turned off the water <laughs> supply to the toilets just so uh, they can come and get me and and, right. and feel like they're on top of it. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little misogyny, ladies. Come on. All right. But, uh, yeah, so R5 is still a rust bucket. He basically almost fell apart, which I thought That's was kind of funny. Uh, I was like, oh, man, he's just he's not getting any hope. And he's, he's still around. Yeah, he's kind of scared to go with the Mandalorian anywhere. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny for a droid. Yeah. Hey, a, a droid like that doesn't stay together by going off on adventures. A droid like that right. stays together by not doing anything. Right. Right. We've all met those kind of women. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, did you say droid? I'm sorry. I'm still confused. <laughs> Just be known that you can send all that hate mail towards at Tyler Yankee on Twitter. Yeah, please. I'll take it. I'm, I'm happily married. Uh, by the way, just on this side note, my daughter, she made the, the boys golf team this year. Uh, so she sent me the news this morning and she's in high school. She's really good at golf and they don't have a women's team. So that she made the guys and I said, are you proud to get this news on international women's day? And she's like, Oh, good Lord. So she, yeah, so uh, she trashes on women's day, just like the men do that. She beat off the team. That's so, funny. Yeah. And congrats to her though. That's actually yeah, a pretty yeah, big accomplishment. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, th I sorry, thought sorry it was kind of uh, crazy in the 90s when they introduced like a golf team for my high school. And I was like, why? We've got football. <laughs> <laughs> Title nine. They'll squeeze yeah. out any good sport to put in something else. <laughs> right. but Whatever. Anyway, sorry. sorry uh, so Mando shows up on uh, my size because, you know, the Jawas pretty much have everything. So he's thinking, yeah. oh, well, he's obvious. They've obviously got a memory chip for an IG unit. And uh, uh most of everybody's surprised the Jawas don't deal in uh, droid memory uh, chips. So, or at least not IG memory chips, because yeah, yeah, they might have everything else. The rare part, yeah, yeah. My yeah. money's still on him getting repaired by the end of the season, but yeah, 
Yeah. For now, he's not around. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be like uh, I don't know if any if any of you play uh, the the Star Wars Old Republic video games. It'll be like when it'll be like the quest for going around and repairing uh, HK forty seven. As you go throughout the uh, the galaxy, you just kind of collect parts for him, and, and Mando's just gonna like run across the various parts he needs to repair. Ig, so he's going wrong his video gamey quest. That's actually kind of a fair point because uh, a lot of what I've noticed in this show is they will grab sometimes stuff from the video games. Yeah, uh, the, the whole BD, well, the whole the... plot always feels so video gamey. Right? Yeah. It felt like that in season two and for this season, where it's like, okay, we have our main quest. And now we're going to do our little side quest. Yeah, we got you a little side I mean? quest. Yeah. Yeah. But so right now he's on a fetch quest. <laughs> what, what are the odds of uh, at some point this droid is going to be put together right in the nick of time and it's going to save uh, Grogu? It's It's, it's got to be. It, that's exactly yeah. where we We need Deus Ex Machina on, on everything. <laughs> yeah. so. and, and I only say that because I'm watching this and we'll get to it where he's <laughs> – it had the very Disney aspect where Grogu's getting, you know, flying along in its little bucket and uh, <laughs> things are just kind of jumping out of you like you're on a Disney ride. It's, yeah. it's just like, okay. Well, I, I've the got whole this episode, Disney precipice I, going. I feel like the whole episode, this is in this, the previous episode and all of season two, parts of season one even suffer from this. Maybe season one less so because it was uh, more original at the time, but it all it still feels very formulaic and okay, we're going to go, we're going to go have our little cold open 10 minutes in. We're going to have a, a small action scene because if there's no action within the first 10 minutes, yeah, it, is, a, it, it off, is supposed to be right? an action show. Right. Right. And <laughs> uh, so it's just, everything feels so like cookie cutter and it doesn't necessarily, it, it feels like we're taking breaks in the flow and it hurts the pacing of the show. So for the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the show, I was kind of bored because we had the cold open and we had going in onto the planet. And then we kind of had a little fight scene that comes out of nowhere. But I am skipping ahead yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. Eric, do you want to go to where we go next in the story? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I thought I had it written down here that it had a pretty great cold open because there was a lot of uh, stuff that you need to, like, pause and you can look in the background and notice some stuff if you guys want to. Yeah want to do that um, yeah they dropped a lot of fun easter eggs like yeah th that's one thing that they do decently in the show uh, is that they have lots of fun easter eggs some they do very well some they do not so well yeah some seem a little like they're forcing it you know yeah sometimes it seems forced i personally like for example we and we talked about this eric when we reviewed how they gave him the nubian fighter right yeah it felt like the whole him having the fighter is like a really ham-fisted Easter egg, like a ham-fisted callback to right. stuff we previously liked. Well, the thing that they were trying to hold open the trash compactor in A New Hope ends right. up being that, like yeah, a, exactly. a critical that, part. <laughs> that was a good part, right? Yeah. That was a, a reference done well, but the whole Nubian thing felt ham-fisted. If it had been for just some other ship, and they happen to use that one part. To me, I feel like that would have been when it's that's when it's executed well. Yeah. When it's like a passing reference, and if you know, you know. Yep. Uh, so we actually go to Mandalore this time. So they took your uh, took your suggestion there, Lincoln. <laughs> they did. They did. They kind of did it backwards. Like you, he should have gone there first, right? But 
it's okay, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> he just really was excited. I guess Mando was just really excited. He wanted to tell people, hey, look what I'm doing. So he flies around to all his friends all over the galaxy and say, this is what I'm going to go do next, guys. This is what I'm going to go do next, guys. And then he goes and he finally does the thing that he should have right. just done. Like, I don't... you, you made the point last week about testing this, the, 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 can you breathe there? Is it, yeah. you know, inhabitable type of thing? And he does it so easily. Why, yeah. <laughs> why has no one done this uh, right? before? It feels like it should have been done before by somebody. <laughs> right. It's a right. huge, like, it's, it's a actually a really big oversight in the writing. There should be a reason nobody's tried this before because Beskar is incredibly valuable. It's been established to have been used as currency by the Empire, as a, as a hard money, because yeah. the Imperial credits are worthless. So there's a really, should be a really strong desire to go to Mandalore and mine Beskar for its material use and just for its use as a as a hard money. Yeah. So why aren't people doing this? And there's a lots of little things that are just inconsistent with how everything's portrayed that happen in this episode and are that I think Mandalore the Mandalorian as a show and Disney Star Wars as a whole is really guilty of is they'll yeah. set an established rule and then they won't adhere to that rule. And I think that's partly because it's written by committee. It's not like there's no foresight into the way that they plan these things. The people that go into the writing, they aren't even fans of the material in a lot of cases. Yeah. And I know that like Filoni and these other guys are involved, but it makes you wonder how much are they involved really? Or as we talked about last week, how much are they just conceding on because they just don't want to raise a stink? Yeah. Uh, no truer statement has ever been said. Uh, Taika Waititi uh, offered Natalie Portman a role on Star Wars, not knowing she played Queen Amidala. Oh, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's really bad. It gets worse than this. So Taika Waititi was saying that he wanted to do a Star Wars movie, but get right. this. He's the reason he's excited to do it is because he wants to star in the Star Wars movie. Right. And it's just like, what? If that is not like the, the peak of vanity, I don't know yeah. what is. You just want to. He puts himself in everything that he so directs. He it. So it's it's kind of to be expected, but don't go around saying that. Yeah, ex exactly. It's like half of the fun he's, is like trying to figure out which background character is you. Right. It's <laughs> when you put yourself as a a. a character that's recognizable you don't want that think about the way peter jackson put himself into the lord of the rings trilogy yeah it was like a quick you know blink and you miss it type of thing absolutely if we want to yeah. talk about stuff that's written incredibly well peter jackson's lord of the rings trilogy is i mean some of the greatest cinema ever created and some of the greatest storytelling ever done he right. his adaptation of Lord of the Rings, which in and of itself is some of the greatest writing ever done by Tolkien. Yeah. And Jackson adapted it so perfectly to film. Yeah. But he didn't. That's because you had a fan himself. directing it and a fan who wrote it, uh, Fran Philippa. Yeah. Uh, basically, I guess the point goes to show that you want people who genuinely care about the product. Right. Handling it. And I think that's what Disney, with kind of all of their products, is just sort of lacking they don't have people handling the material who have a genuine love for it right uh 
We can say that Dave Filoni does have like a love for it, but I don't know how hands-on he is with this season. I, I, I get the impression that he's not because you yeah. see the difference between this show and say uh, like the, the last season of Clone Wars or the Bad Batch. And there's just a different level of care that's given to yeah. those shows compared to Mandalorian. Mandalorian feels very... Every season we've gotten, especially since after the first season, every progressive iteration has felt more corporatized Disney and less. Yeah, yeah. Bo- uh, Book of Boba Fett was like a like, big one. Yeah, Book of Boba Fett and also Obi-Wan. Just yeah. really big examples of just, it, it, it's not Star Wars anymore. Like you've, you've tried to, to formulize it in such a way that it doesn't even feel like it's really Star Wars. Yeah. I, I, I surmise that like you watch Bad Batch or uh, the Clone Wars, which, you know, they're fantastic, but they are below the surface as to getting all the airplay and the, the notoriety. Yeah. And Mandalorian comes out and just blows it out of the blocks, right? Immediately. Yeah. So everybody probably wants on that. The corporate overlords are now going to micromanage because they're going to take this. And so I, oh, I'm yeah. just surmising that Filoni and... Uh, What's his name? John Favreau. Uh, Fa- yeah. Favreau are kind of, they're still there, but they're just, they, they get pilfered out some of their, their uh, ability to take yeah. control. So I, I don't know. I could be wrong. We talked about this yeah. last time. I'm yeah. hoping we did. that's we, the case. Yeah. Let's not beat a dead horse too much. Uh, we can be, uh, <laughs> yeah. beat it all we want. Yeah. So uh, we finally well, make yeah. our way. Well, I, I can only beat it a few times I, and then I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Ahead. Anything more than a few times an hour and you feel like you got to take a nap. Right? <laughs> an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is in the dating game. So he's got his, uh, he's the peak performer now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, I'm, I'm still out there, ladies. Just okay. Well, there you go. I, yeah, there you I, go. You can you can hit up uh, Lincoln at $5L on, on Twitter. <laughs> Definitely send him D, uh, DMs. He's even telling yeah. you the price. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we finally make our way to the surface of Mandalore, which uh, the fusion bombs, uh, I think the effect of those looks really, really cool. It's kind of like shattered glass, and I got like a, yeah. got like a, a screen grab here. Let's see if I can yeah. get to it. But uh, yeah, and yeah I so that's like one of the craters, like yeah. from the, from the view of the Naboo fighter. Whenever I can, and one of the things I want to compliment is how well done the visuals are for mandalore as a bombed out wasteland for those of us who watched the clone wars and and saw mandalore as war-torn but not completely devastated this is a really well done rendition of a completely devastated planet uh, of mandalore and I really enjoyed seeing that. Some of my favorite moments from this show were just the visuals of flying over the, the surface of the planet yeah. and getting a taste of the destruction that had occurred after the Empire yeah. bombed it out. So, wait, you're telling me that wasn't Krypton? No. The, oh. No, I, it was <laughs> it not did, Krypton. It did kind of look like Kryptonite. But, a little uh, bit. Yeah, but that's the, that's the result the of the fusion bomb. bombs. There's a yellow yeah. sun, so it couldn't have been Krypton. Yep. Uh, so we uh, send out R5 to see if the air is breathable, and uh, R5 doesn't want to go. Uh, I, I thought I almost saw, like, fluid leaking from his bottom part. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny when Mando says, don't be a baby, get out there, you know. <laughs> but uh, all of a sudden, R5 disappears. 
Yeah. And he's he's oh, off the screen. Uh, well, one second, I just realized before we get to that, there's one one other thing that's relevant to the plot that we skipped over. When they're in transition from the cold open in on Tatooine to here, there's a little moment where Mando is like teaching Baby Yoda how to oh, use. Oh yes, yeah, you're correct. That's, yeah. that's very yes. plot relevant because otherwise, <laughs> right. And this is going to create another one of those like consistency issues where it's to me where is baby Yoda like a brainless toddler who can't understand anything? Well, he spoke some words to Pelly at the very beginning. Yeah, he kind of using more words. They're clearly showing that he's a little bit smarter now or like he's learned a little bit more. He's putting stuff together. Was right. But the question is, is he. Like when he was handling the Babu Fricks earlier, yeah. My Manzellas. question is, is <laughs> is he just kind of a little asshole? <laughs> like, because clearly he understands things very well, and clearly he can like comprehend things. So when he does things that he that he should know better, yeah, it's impulse control level that he's displaying. It seems like Baby Yoda's kind of a little ass. <laughs> I think, I mean, look, you, you, he's not human, right? And there's right, a true. lot of different varieties here. So even Yoda uh, couldn't really speak in proper English. So with that said, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a bunch of a sense and he's able to understand. Maybe he's still learning how to communicate with humans. So <laughs> this is, I think, always they're out in a sense, right? Oh, yeah. we don't know how he learns. He's 50 years yeah. old, but he, he's, yeah, still, uh, he's kind a of kid. got the mind of he a Tyler. Yeah, I th- I think a lot of this is uh, and and boy moms and boy dads out there just be on your p's and q's about this, but little yeah. boys sometimes have this crippling egocentric narcissism that goes on, where basically the entire world revolves around little boy me, yeah. and so maybe Baby Yoda is experiencing a little bit of that because what has yeah. every adult done around him? It's like oh look at the cute little baby, oh look yeah. it's a nice little critter, you and know? then shit hits the fan and he's got to step up, yeah. 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 Uh, so R5 disappears. Mando gets out. He pressurizes his helmet, which I think is hilarious since the entire bottom of it is completely open to the to the. Why elements. didn't we know about this earlier? The other thing that comes up is it, this just reinforces the thing I said in the last episode. Is like, why didn't he just go there himself? <laughs> yeah. If he can pressurize his helmet so that he can do EVA, yeah. Then why didn't he just buy some? Like computer software, you don't even have droid. You just need some type of device to get atmospheric readings. Could have yeah. pressurized your helmet, done a little extravehicular activity, realized the atmosphere was breathable, and then you're good to go. Like yeah, so go, it just it just go buy a piece of uh, used mining equipment, you know, and take it down yeah. to the surface. Yeah, <laughs> use the canary uh, program. <laughs> yeah, go That's get one little. Put wizard uh, space monkey and put Gregu in trouble. I mean, in you know, danger. That's very negligent for a father. Just... Yeah, yeah. He could have left. Her. They went to Tatooine. Um, uh, I want to say Pele, but that's the soccer player. Uh, Pele. <laughs> yeah, Pele is the Pelly. character's name. Yeah, Pele uh, has babysat before. It yeah. would have been very reasonable for him to have left her there for a couple days. Yeah. Uh, question though. So we just talked about how much does. Gregu, no, you know, the, whatever. But does at some point does uh, the Mando, does Mando kind of think like I, 
he saved me before. I mean, he's done some great feats. He can, he can, yeah. you know, do some yeah. stuff. Maybe, we saw it in the cold open because he forced yeah. jumped right into Pelly's arms. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think he does keep him around, partly because he kind of knows that uh, Grogu can take care of himself a little bit because he's yeah. taken yeah. care of Mando in the past. I and I do, I do think that. The writers use that as a crutch sometime, and I think they definitely sort of do that here in this episode. But it does make sense that when your tiny little cute companion has done so much for you in the past that you would want to take him into dangerous situations. Yeah. Because Mando has come out hurt from a lot of those situations but baby yoda has emerged completely unscathed from basically all of them except for the one time he got kidnapped by uh the empire so overall baby yoda's kind of proven to be more effective than mando (laughs) in combat yeah we actually get a glimpse of this when the uh the alamites jump out of nowhere and i have written down here in the notes it's like oh look there's morlocks where are the eloi because <laughs> that's kind of what they looked like to me. Uh, so he pulls out the dark saber, and uh, to nobody's surprise, he's still fighting against the dark saber. So when yeah. he pulls it out and lights it up, it immediately starts to fall because it becomes heavy in his hands. Uh, but he again, does take care of business. Yeah. Again, credit to them. Writing consistency. They established this in the book of Boba Fett. They carry that through line here, so they're being consistent. I still think it makes kind of no sense because it messes with like how does the physics of lightsabers actually work right but that aside at least they're being consistent with what they wrote before so i want to be i want to give them credit where it's due at least they're even if it sh- doesn't make sense at least they're consistent in not yeah. making sense yeah and they kind of addressed uh, some of that in uh star wars rebels when sabine wren had the dark saber and she was fighting against it at the very beginning too so yeah but they didn't like it, make it seem like it weighed like 50 pounds or something like that. So, but uh, it was nice to see it uh, being used again. Um, did, you, did you get a little feel of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? They're under, underground fighting some weirdos. Uh, yeah, there was a waist. little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. Got and, the and why, four-eyed people, uh, beasts coming, at, they, coming after yeah, you. Yeah, they've been able to survive. I don't know what they feed off of. Um, and, and anyway, keep going because I got some more criticism. Each other. They oh. feed off of each other. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we see a little bit later on that there's like little creatures and stuff inside. Uh, and Bo-Katan uh, later kind of says, yeah, these are the creatures and they used to live outside of our cities. But now it looks yeah. like they've taken refuge inside the ruins. So. Uh, yeah, they seem to be some type of like semi-intelligent uh, indigenous species of some sort. Yeah. Semi-intelligent. Semi-intelligent. Uh, yeah, so they uh, they make the descent into the uh, down below into the sewers. Uh, Mando uses the jetpack, and of course, Grogu's got his little uh, levitating uh, basket bassinet thing going. Uh, they get down there, and I had written down here that uh, there are Mandalorian gators in the sewer because they kept yeah. showing them. So, <laughs> love those gators. Uh, so Mando uh, gets his uh, gets his attention taken away from him because he looks down. And he happens to see that there's a Mandalorian helmet kind of buried in the in the dirt there, and this turns out to be a trap. And this gigantic droid monster snatches him up. Yep. How long was that trap set for? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, must have been this, a very very long this, time. This, this, right, this, this thing's just been waiting for all this time. And it's like, oh shit, someone's here. Yeah, it doesn't make sense 
like they haven't given us enough information to make sense out of it right because we know that it's a living creature inside of there because we can see through the magnified eye thing that there's yeah. a mag that there's a living creature yeah there's an eye in there and it blinks robot yeah so how and it's... long was that dude just sitting there yeah Remember, and it's a, a it's a human looking eye it was a human looking eye so I yeah. don't know if this was like a Mandalorian who somehow survived and had to use a whole bunch of droid parts to keep himself going, which would be interesting. I, I got you know what it made me think of uh, was the uh, you know in uh, it was General Men Grievous, in Black. yeah, <laughs> a little bit of General Grievous too, but in Men yeah. in Black or the the one the alien that's controlled by the tiny alien in its in its brain, <laughs> right, or in its head, it made me think of that. Yeah. Maybe you can help me out here. So they, this planet gets decimated, right? Just, yeah. Let's say there's like an EMP goes off from the U.S. This is like some sort of electrical. There's something that has to power it. Where is it getting its power? Because it's 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 some sort of robot. I don't know where it's yeah. generating its its fuel from. Uh, anybody? Uh, yeah. Ready to go. Uh, the only thing I could figure is like maybe he figured out some kind of geothermal type of thing since you're already kind of down that deep, anyways. Well, you could have just been scavenging stuff too. Because it's been laying in wait. It's it's civilization is completely fallen. Yeah. It'd be like in Fallout. You're just when you're scavenging the wastelands, you're collecting up nuclear material, like yeah. uh, cores to, to trying power to find your fusion cores to power your yeah. power armor for ten minutes. You know, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> something, something. But uh, yeah, he gets down there. Grogu kind of sees that uh, Mando has been kidnapped and put what looks like over a spit, but we have no idea what's about <laughs> to happen to him there. Uh, I also want to comment on that. I couldn't tell whether Mando was supposed to be unconscious for the whole time he was there or not. He was definitely drugged. Because the drug, you think? Yeah, because okay. when he first captured him. He was him, drugged, that makes sense. Because yeah. anybody who's caught in a metal container and they also have a lightsaber should no longer be caught in a metal <laughs> container. Right. Yeah, Did I think when he first what? got snatched up, I think he got drugged by the by the droid creature because he, he something okay, shot up into his arm or in his neck, I think. Okay, so okay, he got I, a little I might have missed that, and that would explain something because I just might have missed that part. Yeah. Might have been like taking notes on the creature and then missed the like that needle injection. Yeah, part. I had to watch that scene like two times in order to kind of see yeah. what was. Uh, it was like, well, why is he out of it? And then yeah. uh, when I saw him get captured, there's definitely something red that goes into like underneath his uh, helmet into his neck. Okay, that would make sense. So, I just missed that part. Though. The the helmet that was sealed, pressurized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he unsealed it after he knew the oh. atmosphere. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we get a good look at the, uh, the monster inside of the thing, uh, and then, uh, kind of notices that Grogu's using the force to try and, uh, unlock the little cage thing from Mando and it makes a big old noise. Uh, he tries to shock Grogu. Grogu gets away, goes back up to the tar uh, back up to the top. And then we see the other scene from the trailer. Well, he wakes the... up just enough to tell him to go to, uh, Bo yeah, go find Bo-Katan for help. Which uh, is why we had that, which is why I stopped us to reference that callback from right earlier because now he knows Mando where to go yeah planes where Bo-Katan is that way he knows where to go so clearly he has a fair amount of like not only understanding of like low the, the concept of people of he's got object permanence for one because he knows that 
that Bo-Katan exists beyond when he sees her. He's right. got the understanding of locations, and he has a basic understanding of how of direction and how to get to locations. So right. he's got a, a pretty, at least a pretty basic level of intelligence that's indicated yeah. here. And good thing um, R five was there inside the uh, the ship to to pilot yeah. it over to, <laughs> and he was there to actually do the piloting. So yeah, I'm i It seemed a little silly to me that Baby Yoda was kind of just got through like totally unscathed they did show him fighting the one uh yeah the one alamite jumped out and uh that was from the trailer but he comes through and uh, apparently had force pushed him pretty hard yeah the one uh crow mandolin um (laughs) nice and it, it it was okay i honestly i was pretty bored through most of this part of the show i took some notes on it and I just was not like gripped by what was going on. And once it, once we got to Bo-Katan in just a minute here, that's yeah. where I felt like the show really picked up and yeah. started to become engaging. Yeah. I kind of want a little bit more action out of Grogu, like just by himself. Maybe he's got to go do something for Mando and stuff. Cause we saw a little bit of that in the book of Boba Fett when he's yeah. trying to calm I down the rancor. By the end of the show, we might see something more of that. Cause I would yeah. love for Grogu to start being a if personally if i was writing it i once season two ended and he was gone he would have stayed gone i obvious obviously they changed their minds about that because they understood that baby yoda is the one thing they can merchandise off yeah. of the show that's the one thing they can yes. reliably merchandise yes, so my, he has to be in the show my little girl so has gonna, a grogu stuffed animal like yeah. right behind so me here so he has to be in the show <laughs> i'd love for him to be something other than a macguffin because yeah. he's only been a macguffin for the last and i use the term macguffin loosely yeah. but he's only been a thing he's been a prop yeah for season one and season two uh, in season one he was a macguffin in terms of the modern use of the word macguffin uh, in, and in season two, he's he's like there just as a side thing. Um, he's very much like uh, what's the, like the ring of power would might be the best. Yeah, way a little to put bit. It. Yeah, it kind of. He's like a, it's a thing that's there. It's important, but it's not a character in and of itself. Um, although I don't know, the ring of power might actually have more character than Grogu does. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> the way it can like leave its owner i don't know the point is i like the idea of him becoming more intelligent and doing things on his own that way Grogu yeah kind of shows some growth character. and character development i yeah. want to see him be a character because he's not a character he's just a cute thing to sell toys right now right which is understandable from a business perspective <laughs> but i want him to be a real character i want this to be not just baby Yoda. I want Grogu to be his own person. Yeah. Yeah. You want him to say some lines, some, uh, some little punch lines, uh, yeah. not just fondle the, the little guy that he did last week. So yeah. I'm well, yeah. And I thought that was adorable as much as I, even though I had criticism for that, because it felt uh, a ham, like a ham fisted way. Oh, my little like, girl just cracked up at the scene. She goes, why is he grabbing him? And I was like, cause he yeah. thinks he's a pet. You got to think from adorable. his perspective, it's the only smallest thing around. Right. Yeah. It, it was adorable. Like I get it. Yeah. I understand why they've written things to be like that. But let's have him be both adorable and an actual person. Yeah. That would be cool. So he gets Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan uh, is like, well, let's get rid of this guy once and for all, you know, and shows up outside. 
was like, a weird line. I, that, yeah, that, I was like, I was like, oh, get rid of him. How? What are you gonna do? Like execute him right there on the landing pad? <laughs> yeah, that didn't. That line did not make sense. I felt like well, it was, was a, it was to emphasize line. that she was expecting Mando, and then it was yeah. going to be Greg. Yes. Is it, it was that? I I feel like again, it's like where if I was doing the writing, you can convey the idea that she's irritated by seeing him better than a yeah. line that says, "Let's get rid of him once and for all," because. If she really felt that way about him, why didn't she just fight blast him like right at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, and win the dark saber in, in the process. Uh, yeah, what was interesting is there was no. I was like, oh, how's how's this little baby Yoda going to convey to her the problems? And they just went, ching. Oh, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> well, she she turned around and said to download R 5s memory to see I where know, they had been. Still. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I honestly don't mind that because it shows that at least one character in this universe is somewhat competent, even though I think she's completely <laughs> stupid for the way she's handled the Darksaber situation. And we're going to get into that yeah. a little bit later about how I think she's really dumb for how, how she's dare you on international women's day. This is intergalactic <laughs> yeah. women's day too. <laughs> but unlike the other characters, <clears throat> Mando, she's not retarded. In terms of like handling day to day, like what would a normal person do given these resources that I have at hand? Yeah, she's like, oh, well, I've got another droid that can download the information from this other droid here. I clearly something's wrong if just the baby showed up. So yeah. let's use my resources at hand to figure out what the situation is. Oh, and so I'm she confused. does some like very basic investigation, which is more than you see from a lot of characters in this universe. And I'm, I'm like, okay, this this character is actually being right. written to be somewhat competent. This is a good I'm, thing. I'm confused. Last week you said you were upset because she didn't uh, just sit on her ass and eat bonbons and she combed her hair. And this <laughs> week you're saying, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 So, uh, we do get the uh, to see the Mandalorian ship in live action for the first time. It's only ever been in the uh, the animated shows, so far. And I really liked it. I just want to say I did. I know it's just there for people like me to geek out about it, but I still geeked out about it. I thought it looked really good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, I enjoyed seeing it in live action for a change. It was yeah. like yeah. it was like ah oh, yes, finally. Obviously, it's not live action. It's just CGI, but it looked really good in CGI. Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. happy with it. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so she comes back to the planet and she has a pretty good line. It was like, uh, yeah, this used to be a beautiful city at one point. Now it's a tomb, you know, so she's not really holding out hope of, of, of finding anything going on down there. Uh, so then she kind of drops the knowledge on us for the Alamites, uh, saying that they used to live outside the cities, but now they live in the ruins. Yeah. A bit of exposition. Yeah. Because earlier you, we saw these guys, we don't did know you what get they that, are, and she did the, the impression that um, she's given some of this background, and then you kind of talk that they're going to be there for a while, or that Mandalore is going to play a, a, not a significant, but maybe more of a role based on the fact that she's describing a lot of this stuff. Oh, yeah. I even had it wrote down in my notes here that uh, Bo Katan, uh, colon tour guide. Uh, <laughs> yes. So. so there was a lot of exposition done by Bo-Katan in this situation. Yeah. But and, and sometimes I'm critical of exposition dumps. Sometimes I'm not. And this particular but scene. The way they and, and, handle it here, I think it's okay. Yeah. Because 
She's explaining. She's the only one who lived on the planet before. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. She's explained to Grogu somebody's never been here before, and then later she's explaining it to Din, who again, hadn't been on Mandalore been either. Before. He was he lived on so, Concordia, so <laughs> he was. Exposition dumps are are a writing crutch yeah. when a character is explaining something to another character, which that character should already know. Yeah, but in this particular context, the exposition dump is fine because she's actually explaining stuff to characters that don't know. Which... And in one one case, he Mandalor uh, Mandalorian guy Din, it's something that he should embrace and and want to know more about. Yeah, right. absolutely. So I I think this is actually a, an example of expedition dumping done well, based on their based on Disney's prior writing attempts i i'm inclined to think this is done accidentally but <laughs> it's still done how they just kind of backed themselves done. into it yeah oh we, yeah we, we did it right yeah so yeah. uh and she so, again props where props are due yeah so she uh takes care of business gets down there and uh freeze mando uh actually rocks the dark saber the way it's supposed to she had no problem wielding it she took oh, care of the uh, the droid monster uh a little bullet rye for everybody out there so yeah Actually, uh, it's the bourbon, not the rye. Oh, is that the, the bourbon? Rye oh, okay. is the green label. The, the bourbon. You are correct, sir. You are correct. Uh, so she gets uh, Din out of the out of the sticky situation. She found him in, killed the droid monster, uh, whoever that was. I guess we'll never find out. Uh, and then she goes and kind of laughs at Din Jarens. He goes, "I can't believe you believe the children's stories." Yeah. I had that one wrote down. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, and then we get our first buddy team up of the of this season. Yeah, they get down to the uh, to the mythical uh, living waters under uh, Mandalore. I want to talk a second about that fight scene where she comes and saves Din. Yeah, they really did a great job of making Bo-Katan. Speaking of International Women's Day, they yeah. made they made the female character look like a real badass. Right, and this is how Bo-Katan should look. Like she's not like a say a Ray who's got no reason to look like a badass because she's had no training, right. et cetera. Bo-Katan is a character who is a badass because she's been around the block. She's got experience. She's got the training. She's right. got the pedigree, all of that stuff. And so it's good to see a character that should look really cool get to look really cool on the small well the small screen but the way we see it on on tv so I, I enjoyed that i thought this was a very well done action scene and unlike the action scene that we saw earlier where mando was fighting i thought this i think we could have skipped that whole action scene and and added a couple minutes to this action scene and i would have <laughs> liked it better because yeah, i really the liked dark the saber the in this process with the dark saber yeah yeah, the uh, the droid monster had taken uh, uh, Mando's weapons away and kind of just yeah. like so, threw him behind him. So is, here's is this a, yeah. So here's my comp- way of getting her the the dark saber. Uh, I mean, this should have been the way they gave her the dark saber because yeah. if we go by WWF title belt rules, right? He got beat, and he, while he had the belt, so he loses the belt. Then she beat the person that took the belt, so she should have the dark saber right now. Right, she should. And, this is where, so this is where I think they have a fundamental writing problem with this show, 
and this is why when we get to our ratings at the end, you'll see why I give this a bad rating. But (laughs) (laughs) this is a huge, huge, huge problem because they make such a big deal out of her not having the Darksaber at the end of season two. And they make such a big deal out of it in the previous episode where her people have abandoned her because she doesn't have the Darksaber. And then they do, the way they write the show she basically has the right to the Darksaber because Mando should lose it because he lost in combat, and then she should get it back because she won the next combat. So she should be in possession of the Darksaber, and so for her to come and beat somebody that Mando lost to is a very, very big problem narratively for the whole Darksaber narrative. Well, is it going to be? uh, Because, look, Mando, I don't know that he necessarily cares to have it, so I mean, he did going, try to offer it back to her, right? So well, he did try to offer it back the, to her, but that's that a complaint about it. season two that we should have. Because what they should have done, if both of them had half a brain, was to do a mock fight, which <laughs> satisfies the rules, but still neglects the spirit. You're, you're where, missing out on the the the, the internal understanding of what this is all about he offered it to her and if she was willing to do a mock fight she would have certainly have also taken it in, a, in an offer like yeah. that so I don't, I don't think that's gonna work but i think well, this but, the rea- but in that case if she cares about it so much why didn't she just instead of doing a mock fight just just beat the crap out of him then and right. there <laughs> yeah right it, it's still a huge writing problem and one of the biggest problems i have with season two like the dark saber is a huge writing uh fiasco how do you know it's not resolved though how do you know that because there was nothing here that said oh it should be yours or not i mean so maybe yeah we don't really kind of get into it because after this she takes him down to the living waters she should have brought it up right then and there right yeah hey bitch that's mine (laughs) they come up in the next episode and afterwards she says hey you lost to a guy and then I beat that guy, so I should have Darksaber because of right. the way because basically what they've established with Darksaber is this is effectively title belt rules. Yeah. And they they established that all the way back in the Clone Wars. Sexual right? tension is is pro- causing a problem here, I think. With <laughs> she really wants to bang Mando. That's right. what's happening. But she's here. like, I don't know with you have the helmet, it's gonna be awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well that, he's like I'll pressurize it and you can do whatever. Sex. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she gets him down to the living waters. Uh, she kind of explains that she did it once when she was a little girl, and you know, made her dad very, very happy. Uh, wow. And uh, he goes to step in it, and he's uh, saying the creed while he does it. And then, shock, surprise, he disappears underwater <laughs> because something has grabbed him. She and then Bo-Katan it. pressurizes her helmet, jumps in to go after him. Yep. Which is cool. I like seeing the jetpacks work underwater. That's fun, except... It raises the question, if it works underwater, why did Din take off his jetpack before he went into the water? Yeah, it seemed like he was doing like some little ceremony there. I mean, he took off the cloak, he took off the jetpack. I guess. I think he even took off his gun belt, too. He did. But there's no, like, in terms of what's established, he just has to bathe. Yeah, he just has to go dip himself into it. Yeah. Right? So... This should have been established earlier, like that there's some sort of ceremony that he has to to follow. And they could have done that in the previous episode. That would have been the perfect opportunity when he's talking to the Forge Master about 
the ceremony, she should have given him the details. And then him, then that she could have explained, you have to go in unarmed as yourself or whatever. I, right. What I would have liked, what I would have really liked is for him to strip completely of his armor. Oh, yeah. You oh, can. and go in there? And, and bathe. And then once he dons his armor, then he retakes his vow and that's it. That's yeah. what I would have loved to have seen. Yeah, that's how I think. They I think that would probably would have been that would that would have went over better. Yeah, that that that's what I think should have been done, and they didn't do that. And I think it actually would have made the whole scene more dramatic. Yeah, because you could have had Pedro. I, what I think it comes down to is that Pedro Pascal basically only wants to do the voice lines, and he doesn't want to have the helmet off. He doesn't want to have to actually show up on set. Right. So I think the reason it happened this way is because Petro Pascal just doesn't want to actually come into work. Yeah. He's not, <laughs> wow. not to say that he doesn't work hard as an actor because he's obviously off doing The Last of Us and this other stuff. But because he has these other commitments, he doesn't want to have to come in. So it kind of Yeah, makes very question, true. He probably was filming The Last of Us while this was going on and it's a little absolutely. bit easier. Yeah, and so my guess voice. is that the reason that this was made is as a creative decision was because of the fact that he was not available to be on set. Yeah. Could be. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, Bo-Katan gets down to the bottom. She finds Din Jaren just kind of passed out on the bottom there. Uh, but as she's coming up, she sees this. And, uh, for the keen eyed observer, that is a mythosaur. Yep. Oh, I love this again. This is a nerd out moment for me. Yeah. There was I a nerd out moment for me them, because I was like, I Oh yes. About them trying to bait me in with this kind of stuff, but I still nerd out for it all the same. I love saying the mythosaur. Yeah. The mythosaur was uh, kind of a shock and a surprise, but it was really well, cool. It wasn't that much of a surprise because she does read the plaque right before it goes in right before he does the ceremony. So yeah. I kind of expected us to see a mythosaur. They also reference the mythosaur in the prior episode because the Forge Master references the prophecy. Yeah. So I kind of expected us to see the mythosaur this episode, uh, which again, like I said, try to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. They tease so, something and then they fulfilled it in another episode, which is good. That's how you should be writing everything. So is he going to write only this, doing it with uh, some things? Can you please do it with all the things? And what pulled him down? Was it the mythosaur? I'm thinking the mythosaur pulled him in. I, it's heavily implied it was the mythosaur. Yeah. But then just let him float all the way to the bottom. Yeah. I mean, whales will sometimes grab people and pull them down. And it's yeah. to the whales, Orcas it's just playing with us. Yeah. Type of stuff. Yeah. Because they think it's funny. Yeah. Didn't the Mandalores back in the you know days of old uh, used to ride the mythosaur? Yeah. That was the... Uh, Queel, uh, the our little Ugnot uh, fella from the first season, said, "Your people rode the Mythosaur. You know, you should be able to ride a a, a burble. You know, whatever the thing was." Yeah. So, okay, I, I I'm just trying to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, so at the end, uh, Bo-Katan gets him, you know, back conscious and everything, and that's kind of where the uh, the screen goes out. So we we don't have any kind of resolution to the dark saber. Maybe we'll get that on next week's episode. Hopefully, maybe we will. And if they do, I will take back what I said. I, I still think it should have been handled immediately after their fight, but I will mostly retract my complaints if they handle it that way. Yeah, like they uh, both go to reach for it, and she picks it up and I, goes, no, I beat the guy who beat you. Dark saber. Like, does she have to win money in the bank? I, I just, yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you think when they came up on the shore, I was expecting, you know, maybe a love moment that he pressurized his little Mando helmet and that they... 
consummated this well, love relationship. If you wanted to do the sexual tension thing, this is where having Pedro on set to have his face do it and him yeah. cough up and then to have like a moment because I think Pedro is a pretty decent actor. Um, I think uh, Katie Sackhoff is a good actor, actress. Right. I think you could have had a real moment because she's not doesn't have a problem taking her helmet off. You could have had a moment <laughs> no. where they actually acted with their faces. Because so sometimes when they take their helmet off, take their helmets off just for the sake of seeing the actor or actress's face. And I think it's kind of dumb. This would have been a situation where it would have made sense to do that. Yeah. Because you could have written it for him to already have it off. She could have taken it off and you could have had a moment of human expression that didn't require dialogue between them. And it could have worked really well. That's how I would have written it. If I let's let's even say that, um, he, he goes in, he dips in the water. He does his thing. What she saved him, right? Comes out. Uh, they have their moment. He takes his helmet off. He's like, oh crap. Now I got to dip it. He could just dip again. It's right. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. It's right there. I made the trek already over and over. And by the way, (laughs) how do you verify that you went and did this? I mean, he's going to come back and say, Oh, he's got, he's got two witnesses now. He's well, got now Grogu he and, and Bo-Katan. Before so. he was going to have you know, a, a droid and, and uh, Baby yeah. Yoda. I assume they will take Baby Yoda because he's considered a foundling as a witness. I'm guessing that's why. Yeah. They don't really – they have not been clear. And they've no, been very it's... contradictory in terms of the rules yeah. of Mandalore. In terms I, of maybe it's okay, an honor. Not. It's an honor thing for the fact that he admitted he took it off. Then you think he's yeah. going to also admit that he yeah, – okay. Yeah. Well, we'll find out in upcoming episodes, I guess. But or, no. uh, that's, or that's, not, which yeah. is more likely considering how the writing has often been in Disney. Yeah. So uh, Din owes uh, Bo-Katan twice in this episode for his yeah. life. Yeah. So that that uh, it'll be and kind I of think interesting she's to see how that plays cash out. In. Like we can uh, clearly see that she's seeing that Mandalore is possible takeover. Clearly, what they're building towards is like the restoration of Mandalore. I think that's what yeah. we're going to see by the end of it all. Could be, could be. That's my but, guess. Uh, and that, I think that's, it's a pretty that's, good one. Yeah. That's pretty much it for the episode. Uh, Link, how many mythosaurs out of five do you give it? Um, but I gave it a, what? Three out of 10 last week. Yeah. I think you uh, gave it a two or three out of 10. Yeah. I, I, I did. I think I gave it a three out of 10. So I liked this episode better than the last one. Um, so he's going to bump it up to a 2.6. I, yeah. So what, what is that? A three out of 10. What does that translate to a 1.5 out of five? Yeah. So I'm going to bump it up to a, maybe like a four and a half, four, four, and, a half. four and a half out of 10. Okay. Uh, so like a two, two, two almost, five almost 50%. Five. So. Yeah, not quite 50%. It's not quite there. Like I said, there's still some really glaring holes because, as we talked about earlier, Disney will establish a rule or establish something and then contradict it. And they again, they contradict stuff right. here. But at least they, they are more consistent in the writing in this episode than they were in the last one. And certainly more in Obi-Wan or Book of Boba Fett or other things that I've rated lower. So I definitely liked this episode more than the last one. And I particularly enjoyed the Bo-Katan action sequence. So that's like an immediate like point, point and a half in its favor because I really liked that (laughs) Darksaber sequence. 
and I really like the art. So I don't know. I think a four, four and a half out of ten is a is a good rating yeah. for this. It's not. It's pushing average, which is good for the Mandalorian. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm happy to see improvement, and I hope by the end of the season it continues to build on these improvements. I yeah. want to see it to be good. I want it to succeed because I love Star Wars and I love the character concepts and I want to see them done well. So keep improving. This is good. Yep. Tyler. Uh, well, so I, I'm married. I'm willing to uh, suspend belief all the time. So uh, <laughs> even though I have little problems with it, like, like his blood gets drained and suddenly he's fine. Uh, so I'm giving it, but I enjoyed it. The ah, whole yes, thing. the, uh, the yeah, involuntary the, plasma donation. Right. So uh, <laughs> with all my problems, I still can suspend belief and I love it all. Uh, and I enjoyed this one a little bit more than the last one. So I'm going to give it a three out of five uh, mythosaur uh, blood uh, plasma <laughs> replenishing. I don't know. What, what do you call that? Uh, blood donations. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I think I'm going to give it, uh, cause I gave, I think the last one, I gave it at a four out of five. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of downgrade it a little bit. I'm going to give it like a 3.89 out of five. Okay. Uh, there was, it was a, it was a good improvement over the last episode, but you know, like we pointed out all throughout this, so it was, there, there's a bunch of holes, uh, some contradictions from earlier stuff, but, uh, I'm, we definitely have a lot of show left. And hopefully, it'll yeah, get to absolutely. They're building to something, and that's yeah. good. Building to something is good. I like that. Yeah. So by the time so. we get to like episode five, I think it should be off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. Current rate. But that'll do it for this evening, guys. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday to do uh, episode three. So uh, come back then, and uh, we'll see you later. Out. Thanks, Eric.